0: Welcome to Do A Blessing, CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. morning in our presence. We honor your presence here today. We do not take you for granted, Lord Jesus. And Father, we ask the living word of God, that you will dwell with us this morning. We ask that the spirit of the word shall rest upon every soul today here in the mighty name of Jesus. The word that convicts, the word that converts souls, the word that turns situations around, the word that will last us to generations to come. We ask that you release in our midst, in the mighty name of Jesus, Spirit of the living God. We ask that you will have your way, thank you heavenly Father God. In Jesus most precious name we prayed. amen, amen in Jesus name, praise the Lord, praise the living Jesus. Um, We bless God for today, we honor God for what he's doing, um, for a new week and even as every week goes by, we draw nearer to our um, healing service, and we're trusting that God will manifest himself. Um, our topic for today is partnering with the Holy Spirit. Partnering with the Holy Spirit. This couple of weeks, Pastor's been treated and t- talking about um, the Holy Spirit. rivers of water living water Um, and we'll just push it a little bit further this week um, by treating the topic partnering with the holy spirit now from previous sermons pastor established the fact that you know the holy spirit is not a lesser god you know the holy spirit is the spirit of god is the spirit of god he is um described as the finger of God, as Pastor um, Rightfully said. Now, the Holy Spirit is the manifestation of God's presence. So, and that's why he is called, when we call God, we say omnipresent. So, remember when Jesus was on earth, Jesus could only be in one place at a time. He could not If he was in Judea, he was in Judea. He couldn't move from Judea to Samaria. He could only be in one place. But the interesting thing about the Holy Spirit is that we are worshipping here and some people are worshipping in China. But the Holy Spirit is also there. So he's able to be in millions and billions of places at the same time now as we push it further there's so many confusions around you know the roles and the personalities of the trinity and i know that some people think of what's going on who's god and who's got the son who's got the father and who's got the holy spirit but the interesting thing i want to say here is that their roles are intertwined although they are separate they work hand in hand and that's what's pushed me to put the topic to partnering with the holy spirit they partner together There is a cooperation between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the thing is that they all bear witness, they testify of each other. So the Father testifies of the Son, the Son testifies of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit testifies of the Father and the Son. Now we're going to look at the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 5 from verse 6 to 8. He said, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. He said, "This three, the water." So when Jesus was baptized, a voice came, and He said, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." So that was a testifying of the water, and that's why there will always be, and that's why when the Bible said that we would, um, that we should go in there for and preach, because it said, "Baptizing them in the name of Jesus." so we have the blood which is very significant the blood of christ which is the blood of remission the blood that we're able that transforms us from that kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light but the spirit and the father they testify of this testimony now the last one he said and and the spirit now, if you look at throughout Jesus Christ's journey on earth, from his pregnancy, which was by the Holy Spirit, to when he was given a name, to when he was baptized, to when he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. Everything was by the Spirit of God. So, these three testify of each other. And I would just look at the Matthew 3:17 talks about um, Jesus. It, it, that's, that's the, the Bible scripture that I already quoted. Let's go to John 5:19. He said Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. So what he's saying here is, although the son is doing something, He's partnering with the Father because he's not just doing what he feels like doing. He's doing what he sees the Father doing. So I'm trying to establish here the partnership between the Trinity. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, when we when we call God the Father, we say God the Father, he's the creator. But as we have established in previous sermons that, you know, when God created the heavens and the earth, He said that the spirit was also working. Although the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep, he said by the word of God, Jesus Christ was there. And that's why Jesus said, I was there from the beginning of creation. So although we call God the creator, he worked in unity, he worked in cooperation, collaboration with the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus is saying that, no, 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 I don't just do what I feel like doing. I do. I am in partnership with the other Godheads. So we work together. I do what I see my Father doing. Let us go to the next scripture. Um, John chapter 14. He said, all this I have spoken while I was still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things he said he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything i have said to you so the holy spirit then comes into play although christ is referred to as the redeemer he was able to that cross to the very end by the help of the Holy Spirit, and that's why Jesus, at every everything he did, he consulted the Holy Spirit. He would go ahead in the morning and speak with the Holy Spirit, What should I be doing today? So, when he said, I am spoken while I was still with you. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name—what am I trying to say? He said the Father will send Him in my name. Before Jesus left, the disciples, the Bible said, when He resurrected and He appeared to the apostles, and He gave them the Holy Spirit, but they couldn't do anything with it at that time because Peter went back to fishing. Everyone went back to what they were doing because you know what should we be doing after Jesus is gone? But what we what we forget is that when we say that we have. And what i'm trying to establish here is the role that the holy spirit plays in our lives so when we say that jesus christ is inside of us how do you know jesus is inside of you the only way we are able when 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 someone speaks to you and you say i've given my life to christ the evidence of you giving your life to christ is that you have the holy spirit and that's why he said here he said Hold on a minute, whom the father will send in my name. So when I leave and I will be seated at the right hand of God. Now it's for example, it's like um working for a company. We have a CEO, and he has she or she has a daughter that is very brilliant, literally equally brilliant as our CEO. And um she's living to the headquarters. But she's saying that, you know what, my daughter will stand in my name. She will stand in place of me. And then she goes to the headquarters. But then what happens is, I as a worker in that in that company, when I need to speak to the CEO, I don't go to, the, to the, my old CEO, I speak to the daughter of my CEO, who is in place of the one that went to the headquarters. And that's why he said, in my name, the Father will send him. So, the Holy Spirit is coming, is here in the, in the in the place of Jesus. So, because the apostles they had Jesus Christ, they walked with Jesus, and that's why he said, "You know what? When I shall leave, that's when my Father will then send the Holy Spirit." And that's why he said, "You know, it is for your own good that I leave." Because so long Jesus was still on earth, there was no reason why the Holy Spirit would come and dwell. But all until he went and sat at the right hand of God, that's when he came in place. And he said, he will teach you all things. And he will remind you of everything I have said to you. He will then testify of me so when you read the bible and said jesus did this miracle the holy spirit is testifying in my heart that truly jesus did it because i wasn't there i didn't see it but the holy spirit is witnessing to what christ did to me in our lives and when he was on earth so we know that instead of i'm not saying i am not um diminishing what christ has done but I am explaining this so we know how. Then we relate with the Spirit of God, because so many times I, I've heard Christians say that um, they they think they can bypass the Holy Spirit to get to the Father. It doesn't work. You and that's why even you cannot even bypass the Son to get to the Father. There's a protocol, and that's why he said. I will come, you you can, you can only come to the Father except through me. So you can only get to the Son except through his Spirit. So what am I saying is that this is how it works. When you are establishing a relationship with God. And the gift that he has given to humanity. Being his Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Has been neglected. There's no way you can build a relationship with God, but a spirit that dwells inside of you. He walks with you. He hears everything you're doing. He sees everything. You don't have a relationship with him. Then there's no way it's going to work. The Holy Spirit first, he's the representative of the Father and the Son. And that's what translates into what you have with the father and the son, what you have with the spirit is what translates into it. John 16:7 to 8. It said, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. It says, Unless I go away, the advocate will not come. So they've the, the, Jesus is describing the Holy Spirit as the advocate. You know what the advocate is? The advocate is the one that stands for you. So although Jesus has died and done everything for us, he said, I am not the advocate here. The Holy Spirit will now come and be your advocate. So if you ignore your advocate, then there's a problem. He said, I will, will, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about saving, and righteousness, and judgment. So for everything that the Father has said, the Holy Spirit will then come and prove to the world that the righteousness of God that we have is true, and will remind us of judgment. So now we know the role that the Spirit plays in our lives, that first of all we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now I want to push it a little further. If we look at the, okay, if we look at um, the book of, um, that's John sixteen. That's John. Thank you. It said "Whoever as the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life." So, the Son of God being Jesus. But what did the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? It said the Holy Spirit gives life. So when God gave his breath to man, and then when Jesus then came and died, he gave us then the Holy Spirit who who gives us a new life in Jesus so you know some people's question will be so who gave us the life is it the holy spirit is it jesus the 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 that's not the point the point is when and that's why sometimes there's so many confusions about okay what is who is doing this who's doing that but it's important that you know that it's not a case of who's doing what it's a case of how they work together because everything goes inside out when it comes to the father the son and the holy spirit So if they can all be in partnership for you to then have that partnership with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you first will start with the Holy Spirit and build that up. And that's why even when he said that he will tell you of me, Jesus said he will tell you of me, he will then reintroduce, even though you've received the gospel and someone has told you this is Jesus, but then the Spirit will then reintroduce Christ to you. And that's your revelation that you then take with you that's your revelation that you take with you. You know, John 6, 63, six, I already said, he talks about um, the Spirit gives life and all of that stuff. But let's go to that Bible reading for today. So John 15 to eight, I'm going to take it one at a time. He said, I am the true vine. So Jesus is speaking here to his disciples. He said, I am the true vine and my father is the Godman. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit so we are the branch jesus is the vine the father is the vine dresser so we are inside of jesus inside the vine but then he's now saying "But which i will read further that whoever does not then bear fruit my father is the vine dresser he's the one that dresses and prunes the one takes it what's not supposed to be there. Remove the weeds, the thorns, so that you can breathe as a plant. He's then saying that while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. So the father does his job by making you fruitful because you're bearing fruit. You're You're trying your best. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Okay, I okay. I don't know if someone has the King James, but he says, abide in me. I wanted that word. He said, abide in me as I also abide in you. So when Jesus said, abide in me, my next question is, how do I abide in you? because if I'm saying I want to abide in Jesus what do I do to abide in Jesus let's look at the next scripture we're still going to go back to John 50 but let's look at John 14 it said and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him and he lives with you, and he will abide in you. The other version says, and he will abide in you. So Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit here. Then he said, When my Father will send this advocate, he will abide in you. So when Jesus said, Abide in me, he said, Abide in my spirit. And he says, if I'm saying I will abide in you, then I'm saying my spirit will abide in you. And that's why we're able to say that the spirit of God is inside of us. Jesus is inside of us because the spirit of God is inside of us. So what happens is that we become one with Christ. And we become one with the Father through the Holy Spirit. So if you go back to John 15, now what he's saying is in this big vine, although I am here, my spirit is also present. So when I'm saying that you should abide in me, I'm saying take up my Holy Spirit and let and and the thing is, it's 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 first of all, that's why he said abide in me, not I will abide in you first. And sometimes the order of which the Bible puts things is very important. So that means, first of all, we take the first step. After giving your life to Christ, and you have the Holy Spirit, you take the first step in the way that you abide in, is that you succumb to the Holy Spirit. Is that you submit to His will. If you want to have bold in my, if you want to live or reside in my house, you go by my rules. So if no one, if, I, if I'm not going to allow it if I don't wear shoes inside my my living room, I will know if you're coming into my house, I'm not going to allow you to wear your shoes in there. So when Jesus said, you know, no, first of all, you abide in me. He said, first of all, you submit to me. Then your will. The will of God. So I no longer had the will. So He saying, no, 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 you will abide in me. And then I will abide. So when what we mean by when the Spirit says, then I will abide. Then I will partner with you. Because the moment you take that step, and you realize, you know, look, first of all, I abide in him. That's when you would make him say, you know what, well, yes, it's time to abide in this person. And then we become partners. If you look at the book of, I don't know if you've read it, is it John 17? Yes, John 17. It said, My prayer is not for them alone. That's Jesus speaking. He said, I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me, Jesus. And I am in you. Remember they are intertwined. So he said, may they also be in us. We also be in the Father and the Son. He said, so that the world may believe that you have sent me what is it saying here if you look at the scripture it didn't mention the holy spirit it said that all of them may be one we may be one but our oneness is that we are one in with the father so he so said father just as you and me jesus and father are together are one may they also be in us so that the, so they may also be one with us But why the Holy Spirit wasn't mentioned here is because the Holy Spirit is the one that makes us one with the Father and the Son. So the role of the Holy Spirit is that he joins us with the Father and the Son. So in order for us to be one with them in heaven, in order for us to be able to really claim that scripture that says that we are seated in heaven. You cannot be seated unless the Holy Spirit is partnered with you. You're only hyping yourself. Unless you're one with the Spirit, the Spirit then joins you. Because the Spirit is already partners with the Father and the Son. So all he does is he takes us together as one and then joins us with the Father and the Son. So we are in him first. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Now we're going to push it to a point where how do we partner with the Holy Spirit? How do we partner with the Holy Spirit? He said, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace being the ability of Christ in us. That is what we get. He said, and the love of God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. So we got that already. But this one is then the what we must do now. Is it, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will now be with you. So we have the grace of Jesus Christ, which is his ability in us. We feel love because the Father loves us so dearly. Because who gives his own son, his only son to people? So we know that he loves us. But what you now do in gratification of this is that you fellowship with his spirit. You commune with the spirit of God. There is a relationship. You know, and, and I would like to expand a bit on Fellowshipping is the concept of this partnership and fellowshipping. This analogy is taken from I'm gonna take it from the book of Ephesians. And it's a scripture that we, we read, but I'm gonna read in a different context. It speaks about wives submit to your husbands, submit your husband to your own husband. Submit to your husband, I don't know, that doesn't make sense. As you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Now, it says, his body of which he is a savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Let's go through. Um, husband, love your wife. I'm going to skip this because I'm going to come back to it. Let's go to the verse, text 2, please. It said, this is a profound mystery. So all that he has explained beforehand, he said, this is a mystery. He said, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Although, he's not saying that, I didn't say that he didn't say that you should love your husband and submit to your wife. Well, submit to your husband and love your wife. But he said that, yes, that is the byproduct. But what I am establishing here is I am talking about me, Jesus, and the church, my bride. And remember that I said earlier on that who is representing Jesus now on earth is the Holy Spirit. So when I read a scripture about Christ, I am also referring to the Holy Spirit. Now we will go back to that scripture. So when he says, Husband, he's saying, The Holy Spirit, love your wife, me and you. Just as Christ loved the church, the way that he died, he said, for his blood, through his blood, we, we become the church. So now, and he gave himself up for us to make her holy. So when the Holy Spirit, that's why it's called the Holy Spirit. When he then abides in you, he's saying he's the husband. I am the wife. The first thing he does is that he will make me holy. He said cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Last week we established, he said that when the when pastor was talking about the, women, the woman at the well. And he said that, you know, when Jesus answered and said, you know, when you drink of this water, you will thirst no more. Because I am the living water. And then he said, out of you will then flow rivers of living water. So he's saying that he will then cleanse her with water through the word. The Bible said the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So the Bible is just letters. So if someone is reading the Bible without the spirit of God, and that's why Jesus said, when he said, who do you say that I am to Peter? And Peter said, you are the son of God. He said, no, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. So he's saying that when you read the Bible without, and that's why you get frustrated when you read the Bible and you're like, this doesn't make sense. It is just letter. Unless you then partner with the Holy Spirit while you read the Bible, then the Spirit will then give you, give life to that letter. And that's why sometimes when you read the Bible and you get a revelation, the kind of excitement you get is like, what's this? I've never seen, and the thing is you've read that scripture like a million times. you're reading. that's how you're partner with the Holy Spirit so you say, when you read the scriptures and when he said I will wash you while you read the word but then you're not just doing it on your own you're partnering with me he said I'm to present her to himself as a radiant church so purified beautiful that people will see like, you I know people will not just say she's beautiful she's beautiful inside some people will literally just meet you for the first time just saying hello but, oh, I really like you you're so nice and I'm like I haven't even said a word how do you know I'm nice he will beautify you and make you radiant it said without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless can you continue my oh is that all oh yeah we didn't read the, the submit yourself it says submit yourself to your whole husbands so now it's now our turn. I am the bride. We are the bride. He's saying, if you want to partner with me, just the way that I've said this, is I'm talking about the church now and, and Christ. He says, submit yourself to your own husband. Submit yourself to the Holy Spirit as you do to the Lord. So the way that you say, you know what, I give myself to God. You cannot give yourself to God unless you submit to his will and his spirit. For the husband is the head of the wife. The Holy Spirit is the head. There's no, there's no, um, and that's why the Bible to clarify that, you know, the, the husband is the head of the house. Not that because they're superior, but so that there, there is a confusion in the house and we don't but heads. Does not mean that you don't receive ideas from your wife or anything like that, but that's why there has to be separation. And who is taking the lead? And the spirit is saying, I will then take the lead, I will be your head of the church. His body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should you submit to the husband? So the way that the, the scripture is saying that we then submit ourselves. So the submission is also that when you're angry. You pissed me off. But I really want to get pissed. But the spirit that is partnered with me is saying, you don't get pissed. You fix up your face and you deal with it. Submitting yourself is, I am not going to get pissed. So, in as much as I, you know that sometimes you really want to satisfy your desire, your flesh, in getting angry, like, I, I actually don't even want, I can show you I'm not going to talk to you. But the Holy Spirit is saying, no, 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 no. You will talk to him. You will talk to her. You see, those little things is how you partner with the Holy Spirit. The, 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 the issue is, we think it's until a minister comes and lays hands on someone and they receive healing. That's partner. No, no. Partnering starts with the little things the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. And you leave that one to one side. I can't do it. You're already losing your partner. So, your partner is moving ahead, you're right behind. Because I would rather do my own will than his will. And that's why the word submission is that you take, you make him lord over you. What he says is not questioning. The sad thing is the more you ignore and neglect the instruction and the voice of God, the more you are eager unable to identify his voice. And that's what you see i've heard so many stories no god help me i've heard people say that the holy spirit told them not to do their post work the holy spirit said i should drop out the whole like, i'm telling you i've heard i've literally heard of us and i'm like ah holy spirit jesus is god so if i read my bible now or do my post work i have to wait for the holy spirit to instruct me to do my work. i will fail but because they have they have detached from the voice because every time he says do something i can't be perfect so what happens is you begin to lose that voice you don't see when when a child is first born when in the space of because they i don't know i, I don't have a child yet but what i've heard is when um they, they identify their mother's voice from the womb so when when and that's why they cling to their mother so quickly because when and that's why when the mother carries them you're like what's the difference in the hands they understand the feel of the mother, the voice of the mother. And immediately they stop crying. Now what happens is when that child, when they take that child from the mother and another person start training that child, three, four years time, they can't identify who their mother is. When you take them back to their mother, that's what happens. So when the spirit, the voice of God is coming every time and you're refusing it, you lose the sense of identifying that voice. And that's why you now, me, 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 I just, I talked, I said, I don't even know. Sometimes when people say visions or something that God laid in their heart, I'm like, are you sure that Jesus, because if it's not in line with the Bible, me, I don't understand how you got it. But what the sad thing is, they have lost the sensitivity of, you know, that the Spirit is speaking and I can hear it. And the more you are obedient to the little things, you identify the voice, and you are able to push forward. So by the time you start getting to directors and uh, meetings, and they say that no, 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 wait for Michael to get here, and then you are in partnership with the Holy Spirit. You come there and you speak a word of wisdom, and they're like, wow, this is a huge, innovative idea. I've never heard this before. Because what your partner so when the big thing comes is it, it starts from the little things you don't even want the live things that wait for the evil not come so that's what that was illustrating there you know the evidence of our oneness and intimacy with the holy spirit is that we're able to have birth for something there has to be something that can be seen the manifestation of the works of the kingdom so, and that's why Pastor was saying last week, I don't know if it was two weeks ago, when he said that, you know, some people that they don't have the person of the Holy Spirit, they can do the same thing that a person that has the person of the Holy Spirit in them does. But one will have eternal value, the other would not have it. Someone can be as more gifted than I am. And they will, and people will clap. But another person might not be as gifted, but they will speak a word, but that word has eternal value. And that's the evidence, that's the proof. When someone says, you know, I heard the sermon, and the day I heard that sermon was the day my life changed. And as that person's life changed, you also touch other lives. It has eternal value. There is an evidence of the kingdom manifestation. There's an evidence of the kingdom manifestation. You know, I wrote here. I said, when the Holy Spirit becomes a desirable person in our lives, we lose the sense of singleness. So, when you desire the Holy Spirit so much that all you think, you know that when, you're, when you first start dating someone, you get everything. You literally, you're just on your phone, rereading your text messages of what they wrote. So you have my line. <laughs> I'm just saying how it feels when. You know that excitement you, you literally can't stop t- thinking about them that's the way when you desire the holy spirit so much that you know i'm doing something all i'm thinking about the holy spirit is here with me see the reason why some people will go out and do something is they have forgetting that they have a second person although i am appearing here as a wife my husband is here so i am not just preaching i am just Doing it in human flesh so that you can turn, you don't so that you don't see a ghost speaking and the microphone is hanging on the air and you're thinking, What is this? That's exactly what's happening. So I'm just here, but it is my husband that's speaking. So when you have that sense of togetherness, of, no, 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 I'm not doing this on my own. That's when you know you realize, no, my husband is in charge. So he tells me what to do. And that's why you say, I do what I see my, I just don't do what I feel. I do what I see my father do. So what am I saying is that your consciousness of partner with him changes. As a social worker, you speak, you're going to a child. That child is disturbed. Well, yes, every other person brings in that child has they did this But I know, you know, I'm going with my husband, which the Bible tells me that he is able to do all things. So when I get there, I am not going there with the notion of, it's just, something. So because I'm just going to ask him. No, 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 I am going there as a representative of my husband that is right next to me or inside of me. So when I present myself to that person, when I speak to that person, I am partnering with the Holy Spirit. You know, and Jesus was a great example when he was on earth. He really exemplified what it means. And when you study the the, the, the the life of Jesus, he all through his life, he partnered with the Holy Spirit. If we look at the book of um, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. He said how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He anointed. So Jesus didn't just wake up with the Holy Spirit, he anointed him. And then and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. What was happening here? Because Jesus was anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit first he was then partnering with him with his power to then heal everyone. The next scripture, please. He said, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon me. So he's saying here, I am not just doing anything. I'm saying I am partnering with the Spirit of my Father to do all the things that I do. To do all the things that I do. So I'm just going to quickly round it up. Just for a few things. So, how do we fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Because I know that we hear the word fellowship and you're like, well, how do I do this? It's a joint participation between me and the Holy Spirit. So, first of all, you know that it is not just, I'm doing this, I don't know when the Holy Spirit is coming. No. You do with the consciousness of, I am partnering, I'm participating in this with the Holy Spirit. So, we do it through worship. Through songs. We do it through worship. And that's our worship is going on. You're able to reflect more. You give yourself to the Holy Spirit. And that's why I said we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. That's how you approach the Father. We do it through consistent prayer. Through your... Cons- it's not just... God help us even i'm guilty of this I, when i was preparing for this sermon the holy spirit said something to me and i was like this is so true because when i was because what i do is when i'm preparing i preach it to myself first and what he said to me when i when i got to the point of consistent prayer and no I, I do pray but he said he, he he pointed something out to me he said do you know that when you wake up in the morning I'm guilty of this I set my alarm so I get I get ready for 30 minutes max so I set my alarm exactly 30 minutes before I leave the house so what happens is when do you leave time to pray Mm, right when I'm in the bath in the shower basically so I just kind of and you know when the part that I was meant to say this isn't here but I'll just say anyway and what I was trying to say is when he was pointing out um, not being distracted you know when you're Participating with the Holy Spirit, you cannot, the reason why you're not, you feel like you're talking to yourself is you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not attentive. You're, 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 you're distracted. I'm praying and I can hear pum 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 on my phone. You're like, Jesus, you're like what should we do, God, how do you hear the Holy Spirit and we're guilty of this? So what I'm saying is, these are the things that we do on a daily basis. And we make it like, oh, the Holy Spirit isn't here. You're not giving him more. You're not giving him the attention. Even when I'm speaking to my husband and he's on the phone, I tell him, no, no, can you drop your phone? Can we speak? So as a human being, I don't like when I'm talking to someone and you're on your phone. And, and even it's like, I can hear you, I can hear you. No, 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 no. You drop your phone and I speak. Then when I'm done talking, get back on my phone. So the same way I, I don't, I, I, I can't take it, how do I expect the Holy Spirit to take it? So when you're even in consistent prayer, and that's what the Bible said, the, the, the disciples in Acts 14 they were gathering in the upper room, he said to constantly in prayer, along with the women and men. So they, were, they weren't just chit-chatting in the, in the upper room. They were in constant prayer. And that's what the Bible says, suddenly, they weren't expecting, they were just fellowshipping. They were just fellowshiping. Constant prayer. Not just prayer, um, you you do ten minutes prayer, you take two hours pray. prayer, no. Constant prayer. And that's what Moses said, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas, they were praying, we sing They're praying. they are praying, they were praying, and the Holy Ghost came. That's how you get his attention. He said, and, 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 through fasting, you deny your flesh. There's a lot that goes on when you did de- it's not fasting of how do I put it? It's not fasting of let me just do this today. Fasting where it's you know you're 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 determined, you have a focus. It's not about I fast every Wednesday, so let me just do this. No, 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 you're not just doing it in Acts chapter 13. Verse 2, it said, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, so the Holy Spirit spoke while they were doing that. While they were worshipping and they were in fasting. Fasting, you see this idea of, I know some people say, if you do one night vision, you, to you have to fast. In as much as it's important to do night vigil and it's so powerful. It does not replace fasting. If the the Bible did not say when Jesus went at two in the morning to pray, he did not fast again. So they don't it doesn't apply. I used to believe that thing before because that's my way of avoiding fasting. So I would just do my video. <laughs> or you choose the one you like. But with the day God spoke to me, I said, No, no, you fast and then you do your night video. So we don't neglect one for another. You don't. Another thing is perpetual and consist, consistent studying of the Word. And that's why the, the Bible that we read, and I said that He would, by the washing of water through the Word. And that's why I said He is then going to explain the deep things of God through the studying. There's no way you understand Jesus unless the spirit helps you in studying the certain and when i say studying like i said you then partner with him while you study the reason why some people will read the bible and they will still be so confused than they've ever been about their faith some people read the bible and they will still they will come back and say i'm questioning my faith oh no jesus is not real how did you read the bible and you came to a conclusion jesus is not real because they were not reading it by the spirit corporate fellowship and that's why this is important gathering among the saints because the bible that we read it said that first of all that we are born. it said first before the spirit then comes and joins us with the father and the son he said first of all you are one then instead of him taking uncle joshua separate take it no he would take us as one one like this and then join us so when we gather as one we are joined together but join us together with the father and the son and that's what Psalm 133 we're not going to read everything talks about how good and pleasant it is when god's people live together in unity when we fellowship together how beautiful, how pleasant it is. So yes, it's important that we are able to fellowship through this thing. And I know that sometimes, you know, we've we've all, and this is not new because we've all heard it before. And sometimes we're like, how come I do all this thing, and I still don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like I'm closer to the Holy Spirit in any way. Like I said, Ellen, it's because we are distracted. That's one. Two, we have to remember it is a dialogue. It is not just one person. We are in joint participation, and that we have to learn to linger in his presence. You can't be in a haste. This all, oh, and, and what God was telling me is if you want to spend 15-20 minutes in the morning, set your alarm to 15 minutes before the time you leave the house. Spend time with me 20 minutes, then you get dressed for 30 minutes. And that's a challenge for me personally. So that means I'm going to be waking up at 6 which I love my sleep, and I don't sleep, I actually sleep late, but at the end of the day, if you want to move to a new dimension of grace, you need to be able to linger on and stay, don't be in the haste. Sometimes we're praying and we're checking the time. To, I'm not saying church, church gathering is okay, but when you're having your personal one-to-one with the Holy Spirit, there's sometimes, stay in the place of worship and just enjoy, enjoy being in his presence if you're on a date and someone is checking the time every every minute, I will tell you can we pay the bills and go home so when when you're in his presence you want to enjoy being there let it come from within sometimes we and I purposely put this there, sometimes we need to retreat from our busy life and I'm not saying don't go to work I'm saying sometimes, some people are guilty of this. They want to be here. They want to be here. And the thing is, they feel like they're doing God's work. But you're not because you're lost. And that's why when you see Jesus, when when he will go days, and people say that the, the thousands of people will follow him, he will just creep out of the midst and go and do his own um, one-to-one with God. You will retreat yourself. But when every time, ah, they're doing this right i going. You will never even spend time with the Holy Spirit. And what happens, which I am going to get to at the very end, is that you see when Pastor spoke about the cup given to us, that then becomes a river inside of us. It does not become a river unless you commune and fellowship. So what happens is when you're not spending time fellowshipping, you're going to A, B, C, D everywhere. You're using just that little water in the cup. is what's sustaining you wherever you go. By the time you now drain that water, you'll now be all wiped out. Because at that point in time, you don't feel like you don't have to hold it. You actually feel so far away. But the thing is, it will not dawn on you soon enough because you still have a drop of water that is sustaining you to, to that point. So that's what happens. And the thing is, you would think by going everywhere, your impact will, will magnify. Your impact will be so minute. Because you have not retreated. From it, I, I, I missed one scripture. First, Corinthians 14. Yeah, it, it's saying, I'm just going to paraphrase this quickly. It's saying when, if I speak in tongues, and, you know, we talk about, so what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with understanding. He said, but when my mind is unfruitful, you know, we, we always say that, you know, sometimes when you don't have, the spirit helps us in our infirmities. So when you don't have, have you know, things in your heart to say or something like that, you just, some people are thinking about something else and they're praying in tongues and they feel like, oh, yeah, the spirit, the spirit is not situation. You're just, and that's why the Bible said, when your mind is unfruitful, it says, so what shall I do? I will pray. What you would then do is, I will pray with my spirit. But then I will also pray with understanding. So your mind will not be unfruitful. The fact that tongues is just easy to flow; I don't have to think about anything. I'm in trance, I can just be f- flying in the tongues everywhere. Does not mean your mind be unfruitful. Your mind, you have to pray with understanding, no matter what you're praying, even sometimes, and that's why the Bible said that he, um, um, with, um, the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So groanings, so that means that, the, 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 not just the pain, but the, the words that we cannot, we don't have the words. But even if I don't have the words, I can just stay there and the spirit, my mind is still fruitful. It's not saying because you don't have words, then you should be thinking about how you want to make money. Your mind remains fruitful while you're praying. The benefits which I'm going to run, I know I've spent so much on The benefit of, the, uh, of partnering with the Holy Spirit is that it opens up the different dimensions of God and the fullness of the ministry of the Holy Spirit it opens all the different dimensions of god the different dimensions of god which is just beyond healing the sick and that's why the bible talks about the seventh spirit of god it opens all different and the different ministries of the holy spirit and that's why he said he called some apostle some prophet he will open so new. It's the reason The reason why the Holy Spirit, it feels like the Holy Spirit is limited is that we all see one dimension and we want to go to that dimension. So you fast and pray, do everything in your power to stay. Uh, if, if it's interpreting, the interpretation of tongues, that dimension, I want to do it. So even dimensions that are better than that or they are more relevant, you ignore them because you know what? Or you, you are not even fellowshipping with God. And that's our first, first Corinthians. I don't think we're going to read it. It talks about a different kind of gift. Let's just read Isaiah 11, which talks about the seventh spirit of God. He said that the spirit, he said, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon you, the spirit of wisdom. That's one dimension. Understanding, counsel. People will come to you. And like, I know that if I come to say, she will give me a, 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 a good advice. And it's just that one word I will say to you that will change that person's life. He said, Might. So when the Bible says, not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit, he's saying it will be by the Spirit and the might of the Holy Spirit, not by my own strength. The Spirit of knowledge, fear of the Lord, different dimensions of Spirit. He will guide us into all truth and teach us all things. John 16 12. He said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He would not speak on his own. Not on his own, not just on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that you will receive what he will make known to you. So he will give you revelation. He will comfort you. He was strengthening you. If we read the book of Acts, chapter 4:31, the six um, he said, the sixth Peter and John, because it was evening, they put them, no, that's not about right, 14, four, no, 4:31, she didn't, no, it's not there, it's 4:31, it's fine, fine. Let's read First Corinthians 2. He said, however, as it is written, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. So what is unusual, what is unique, is what the the spirit of God will then reveal to us So I'm going to end this way. Your level of communion, fellowship, is what determines the level of relationship you have with God. So if you want to equate anything to your relationship with God, start start with your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You will not jump to to God. your level of communion determines your level of impact. So as I end this way, when the Bible talks about He said, John 14 talks about that the fountain it will become, you know, he said, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Like I said, so when He gives you that cup of water, what now happens is that as you take that water, that cup of with the consciousness of partnering with the Holy Spirit. Then you become attached to the source of the water. The Bible calls it the river of life. So the, the actual river, you become attached to the river of life. So as you take up your cup, and as you partner with him, you don't become exhausted that you then run that water dry. No, what happens is that water begins to flow into you, and it becomes the fountain of God's water. Let's rise up and it. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.